Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Sports Investors. This is November the 1st, 2017, around 5 p.m. Mountain Time. We're at week 10 of college football, week 9 of the NFL. My goodness, it's going by so fast. Joining us, as always, Charles. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sports Savant. What's going on today, brother? Hey, man. Oh, another Wednesday here in the books. We got our first snowfall here in Minnesota, so uh, you know what that means. We got college basketball season coming up about a week, week and a half. But, man, this NFL season, you're right, and college football, it's flying by, my friend. I know. We only got six more weeks of college football, and I think one of those weeks are just the Army-Navy game. So, man, this thing is just flying by. College basketball starts a week from Friday, November the 10th, opening night. Really looking forward to that. Got my eyes on a couple of games there. So, guys, we'll go ahead and be business as usual. College football and NFL recap from last week. We got some college football plays, some NFL plays to give you guys. At the very end, we'll go over our, our daily fantasy stuff for you guys. Now, we, we um, had some audio issues last week, so sorry about that with the fantasy stuff, but we'll get back on track this week. I'll go ahead and kick us off with our college football and NFL recap. I went 3-0 and last week. I had a good week. Illinois plus 16, first half was a winner. I think that first half ended up being 14-3. to It was just kind of an ugly game, just a Big Ten slobber knocker like you would expect it to be, cold, uh, cold, dreary, gray-ass day. Illinois covered the 16 the first half, ended up losing the game by 14, so glad that was a winner. Missouri went up to Connecticut and hung 50-something on Connecticut, but Connecticut couldn't really score, something that we talked about. It takes both teams to get over close to 80. I think the final score was like 52 to 12, if I'm not mistaken. So that one was another easy winner. And then I gave you guys a big bet. Now, this was a fucking wild-ass big bet for me. Seattle barely squeaked out with a win against the Houston Texans and Deshaun Jackson. My God, man, Deshaun Jackson was so impressive. Bill O'Brien dialing it up. They're doing all that window dressing in the backfield, man, like that. The fake the reads and the fake the reverse with the with the receiver coming back in motion, man. That shit was crazy. Did you have a chance to watch that game? I did, but I don't know if I missed something on the trade net by my friend, but that was actually Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Jackson still plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So. <laughs> nice. I like it. Good catch there, man. Deshaun, yeah. Jackson. Deshaun Jackson does still play for the Buccaneers. But, no, Deshaun Watson, man, I'm just so impressed with that motherfucker, dude. Like, uh, Dabo Sweeney might have been right saying uh, if you pass on this guy, it's like passing on Michael Jordan. It is, oh, for it, sure. Man, he has just been so impressive. And in a great situation with DeAndre Hopkins, you have uh, the speed demon and Will Fuller, who just seems to get behind defenses week after week and just catch long-ass touchdown passes. The Texans are a scary team, man. But, but yeah, the question is, that game. yeah, go ahead. Why trade away the tackle? Like, if you played so well, like, you're in contention, like, Andrew Luck's probably not coming back, Jacksonville still has Blake Bortles, Mariota and company haven't looked good. Like, why would you trade away an offensive tackle? Like, I know it got nullified this week because Jeremy Lane, I think, uh, didn't pass his physical. But to trade to trade Brown and starting offensive lineman away when you're playing so well, I I really just didn't understand that move by the Texans. Yeah, somebody that's um, a position that's really crucial to a quarterback too. Uh, yeah. One of the best, one of the best left tackles in all of football. Really, really interesting move. No, I, I, I agree with you. That was kind of a head-scratcher. I know people in the Houston locker room were really upset. Jadavion Clowney was, was talking about that a little bit. Um, Seattle ended up coming away with that win. As, as impressed as I was with Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson looked really good and had one of his 
better performances of his career. So, you know, that was good. Seattle came away with that win. Kansas City hosting Denver on Monday night. Kansas City just owned that football game. Tyree, I don't know what the fuck they were doing with Tyree Kill letting them throw the football. That was like one of the worst throws that I think I've ever seen in an NFL game. Did you see that play? <laughs> yeah. He's not Antron Randall out there. Come on. Man, it was ridiculous. That, that was ridiculous. Got a little too cute there. But Kansas City, Seattle, money line Parlay, minus 115 was a big bet of mine. I told you guys it was a big bet. That cash, I'm now 3-0 and this year on big bet. So that is good. I'll turn it over to you, Charles, and let you talk about your play. Yeah, great weekend there, Slim. So um, I went 0-1 in college football this week. Um, Houston at South Florida. I had the over 56.5. I think it ended up being 52, and Houston ended up winning outright, knocking off my playoff team, the South Florida Bulls and Charlie Strong, who Ooh, I'm surprised is not getting, like, his name hasn't been thrown around at all for that Florida gig. Um, and I'm really surprised with that because we talked about forever how well he recruits there in Florida. So um, that was a loser this week. Uh, and then I gave you two plays in the NFL. One I don't even want to talk about because it pissed me off so much. But, God, the Chargers should have won and they should have covered that game by seven or seven and a half. The but Patriots what a get weird... all the fucking breaks, man. Like All of them. Touchdowns, callback. What the, I don't know what the fuck Travis Benjamin was doing. I've never seen the guy cut like take a punt return. Go back 15 yards and get a safety. Like, I was pissed off by that, too. I wasn't on the Chargers, but I knew you were. I was just hoping that the Chargers won, but uh, just because I don't like the Patriots. But, man, what the fuck, man? I don't know what these teams do when they start to play the Patriots. It's it's ridiculous. Travis Benjamin gets that wild-ass safety. Phillip Rivers had the ball at midfield, going to make a throw, just falls out of his freaking hands, mid-throw, like, fumbles him back 20 yards. Uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. I don't think the score was, it was as indicative as – close as the game was but no and i mean they still had a chance there like i mean they're, yeah. da- they're down eight points and they're marching uh-huh. and you know it's just one of those frustrating games um that safety but, was, like plays into the spread right you had that uh that two points that was a that was a difference in the spread so, that, that's absolutely a killer man so yeah. um one and one in the nfl i had buffalo minus two and a half uh they handled oakland to my you know what i would think is a good handling of football of a team that is you know oakland's a I think it's a good team, but Buffalo is playing so well, and they've been playing well with what I think is so little. Like, mm-hmm. I think LeSean McCoy's great, but like, they don't have really a, any big playmakers outside. I know Jordan Matthews came back this week, um, and we saw some um, catches from him, but no Charles Clay, and that defense, man, just kind of keeping them alive, and I got not making many turnovers, so that's always helpful, right? Man, it is. The uh, culture is just, you know, they're just trying to change the culture. The, uh, you know, the crazy thing to me, they, they did all these trades at the beginning of the year, and people are like, oh, Buffalo's blowing it up. And it's like, no, I think what they were doing is trying to get bad eggs out of their locker room. And, sure. you know, you can see, you know, this sport is a holistic sport. The sum is greater than uh, – the whole is greater than the individual sum, right? So, um, you know, I – Buffalo has been impressive. One of the better teams in the AFC, honestly, to me so far. We'll see if that continues to hold up throughout the season, though. Yep. So, playoff team right now. Um, we'll see how they go moving forward. But one-on-one uh, in the NFL there uh, with the Chargers loss and the Buffalo Bills win. Guys, I totally spaced giving out Big Bro's recap. Big Bro, 9-1 and one on the year. Every time he comes on the podcast, we give him winners left and right. So great stuff, Big Bro. He went 3-0 and oh this last week. The three winners he gave, Washington minus 17, 
playing host to UCLA and Josh Rosen, Washington wiped the field with UCLA. Another great call by Big Bro. He also said Penn State had a really good chance to go into the shoe and win the football game, and they did have a really good chance. He gave you guys Penn State plus six and a half, plus seven, whatever you could get it at. He said Penn State was a great bet, and that one ended up cashing as well. The very last bet, Tennessee plus four and a half, going to Kentucky. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know how big of Kentucky fans we are. So it was a win-win. Kentucky won by three. Tennessee covered. Big Bro moved to nine and one on the year. Three and zero last week. So thanks, Big Bro, for giving us all those winners. We look forward to having him on in the future, and we'll turn it back over to the regular schedule programming. So man, we got some college football plays. You ready to start this off, man? Yes, sir. Let's get it. All right, the first one we got out of state, the one that you sent. Eastern Carolina going to Houston. You guys want to watch this game? It'll be on 12 p.m. Eastern time on the CBS Sports Network. Houston, 24.5 point favorites with a total of 64. What do you see here? All right. So, obviously, just brought it up earlier, but myself, Florida Bulls, taking that L to Houston. Um, you know, it was a tough one because I like them a lot. They're a good team, but uh, Houston just defensively much better, um, and they proved it a lot that night. So, um that's tough because Houston was, I think, like four and three coming into the game, something like that. Yep. Um, four and four, and so like that was their championship game, right? And I said I've said it like four times here on the podcast, but you beat the best team in your conference who was undefeated. You did, yeah. okay. And mm-hmm. so what's left after that? Well, you have to go home and play Eastern Carolina, who can put up points. They're not going to stop you necessarily, but they're going to put up points. Yeah, and try to cover 24-and-a-half points after, you know, the biggest game of your season, I just yeah. think that's tough. And Eastern Carolina had a – I don't want to call it a bye, but they were off last week. Um, and so they've had a while to prepare here for Houston. they got to see them play South Florida. And so I think Eastern Carolina, that's just a big number to cover after such a big and emotional win. So I will be on Eastern Carolina plus 24, 24-and-a-half, depending on where I get it. I love all your points, and I'm in complete agreement with you here. I would lean to Eastern Carolina as well. Houston coming off a letdown, you can usually expect an emotional letdown after winning their Super Bowl. Um, obviously, it is, it is it is at home, so that takes away the letdown just a little bit. But sure. Eastern Carolina can score points, and uh, you're exactly right there. 24.5 is a big-ass number. I think Eastern Carolina can get to 25 or 30 points in this game. So that would mean, you know, Houston would have to get to 50 or more, and I don't really see that happening. Houston's kind of been a bogged-down offense in comparison to what they have been. And um, I like I like that play in general. We'll move on here. It's another big spread, a, a play that I got for you guys. South Carolina going between the hedges to Georgia. You guys want to watch this game? It'll be 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Georgia, 24.5-point favorites with a total of 45.5. Now, here's an interesting note. It doesn't really play into my handicapping of the game, but Will Muschamp played at Georgia. He was a safety at Georgia from 91 to 94. Um, just, you know, just kind of thought that was an interesting note. Muschamp is going back home, so you know Muschamp's going to want this one really bad. Not that that really plays into my handicapping, like what coach doesn't want to win, um, you know, every freaking game <laughs> they play. But right. uh, Georgia has won five straight SEC games by 25 points or more. That's the second longest in the SEC's history. Now, Georgia's on a great, crazy-ass run. Came out college football playoff. Rankings came out earlier this week. Georgia the number one spot over Alabama. I know people in SEC country are kind of up in arms about that. Georgia honestly has the resume to be the number one team in the college football playoff ranking, so I'm not arguing that. But I think Georgia isn't as good as 
as people think that they are right now. South Carolina is nearly top 30 in every defensive rushing category. And Georgia runs the ball 71% of their plays. South Carolina allows 3.8 yards per rush. That's 28th in the country. They allow 137 yards per game. That's 33rd in the country. So South Carolina can play the run extremely well. And Georgia's going to want to run the football at their face. And with running backs like Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb, why would you not want to do that? Those are two of the best running backs in the country Georgia has. I'm not sold on Jake from Georgia's freshman quarterback. Georgia passes the ball. So if they run the ball 71% of the time, they have to pass it 29% of the time. Now that's only now that's 125th in the country, so they barely throw the football. If South Carolina can put Georgia behind the chains and down a distance, get them in third and long, force Georgia to throw the football, I think they have a chance to force some turnovers here. Now Georgia throws interceptions on 5% of their attempts. That's 119th in the country. So they are susceptible to throwing interceptions. Can South Carolina get some turnovers? You know, I don't know. We'll see. But I think they can. I think they could force Georgia into those third and long. South Carolina's quarterback, Jake Bentley, one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. I think the quarterback advantage goes to South Carolina. 24.5 is a lot of points. South Carolina plus 24.5 is the play I'm giving you guys. South Carolina plus 24.5. Now, not only am I going plus 24 and a half, I'm going to hold my fucking nose. And the money line is 15 to 1 to bet South Carolina to win this game. Now, I understand the long shot that I'm taking here. But it's going to be a very minimal bet on the 15 to 1. It's going to be some lunch money. If you bet $10, you win 150 If you bet $15, you win 225 so that's definitely a bet that I would like to make, and it's something that I think is a good bet long term. So, guys, South Carolina plus 24 and a half. You know, this isn't even really sprinkling money line on there. It's just a little bit of lunch money, $10, $15, at 15 to 1, South Carolina. I think there's a slight chance. I think there's a better chance at 15 to fucking 1. 15 to 1 is a future. 15 to 1 is not playing good for 60 minutes or playing great for 60 minutes. That's a freaking future. But South Carolina plus 24 and a half. 15 to 1. That's what I'm taking. So, uh, do you have anything that you want to add here, buddy? Well, I like it. Um, And I'm with you in the idea that Georgia, yes, they're good. There's no debating that. And, yes, they beat good teams. Um, But I just don't know if they're as good as number one in the country. Um, And, you know, just like you said, they've looked good. uh, But I just don't necessarily think they're as good as everyone thinks. And, like you mentioned, 15 to 1, it's a little bit of lunch money, but eventually, we know how college football works. Eventually, some of these teams that get ranked and get in the college football playoff rankings here early in the season, they tend to take a big nosedive once something happens, um, and it is always bound to happen. So um, you take your shots, and I like this shot here, especially since it was this weekend that we got to get those college football rankings out. Everybody get a little big tooth for their britches. we got number one power rankings. I like yeah, they know the crazy thing is, is the target moves from Alabama to Georgia. Like the target on their back just moves from Alabama's back and just slides on over to Georgia's back in the SEC. And you yep. know, while that's all good, it's like, um, you know, I just, I don't know, I don't know, I don't. One thing that I forgot to mention here is Georgia that I, that factored into my handicapping. Georgia's biggest game of the year is next week, so there might be a, a, a potential look ahead game. Georgia goes to Auburn next week, and what is unequivocally the biggest game on our schedule, um, the biggest game on our schedule that's left. So we might get the look ahead 
And South Carolina's a good football team now, 6-2. and two. They beat NC State early in the year. South Carolina's got some wins, won three in a row. South Carolina plus 24 and a half is what I'm seeing. So we'll move on here. Iowa State going to Morgantown in West Virginia. You guys want to watch this game? It'll be on 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. West Virginia, two-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 60. No, I'm giving you guys West Virginia minus two-and-a-half. Iowa State's a really good football team, too. You know, I think a lot of people just would see Iowa State on their chest and, you know, disrespect them a little bit. They got some good wins. And I think Matt Campbell is one of the better young coaches in the country. I think he's an excellent coach. Iowa State's everybody's Cinderella. Did you see his um, locker room speech at the end of the game? I thought that was really good, man. I I think that kind of lets you in. We talked about culture a little bit with the Buffalo Bills. I think that kind of lets you in on the culture that – that Matt Campbell can bring to a program. Just kind of talking about how this, and how this day and age, all of us, all of us youngsters, right? We all want, we all want instant gratification. And if you trust the process, if you love the process, eventually the process will love you back. And you know, well, one thing I, I liked about Matt Campbell in that speech is, like, throughout the speech, he would he would point and say somebody's first name. You know, kind of like he was talking to you in the locker room, or you in the locker room, or you know, and. You know, just 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 really just really digging Matt Campbell in Iowa State, but I'm giving you guys West Virginia minus two and a half. Can they sustain this level of success? Morgantown's one of the toughest places to go get a win. Now I don't know if Iowa State quite has the depth. You see the depth play out later on in the season more than you do early in the season. Iowa State after beating TCU, after beating Oklahoma. You know, having having um, having all of these good games, and you know they should be feeling good about themselves. I've seen Iowa State play Texas, Oklahoma, and TCU. I've I've seen all those games, so I know how good they are. Right. But I just West Virginia minus two and a half at home against Iowa State, who may be coming off a letdown. I question their depth. As much as I like them, I gotta go West Virginia. Dana Holgerson in this one. Iowa State allows opponents to complete passes at a 64% rate. And they allow their opponents to complete uh, passes 6.4 yards per pass. That's 29th in the country. So the completion percentage is 112. The yards per pass is 29th. What does that tell you? That tells you that Iowa State likes to keep the ball in front of them. They'll come up and make the tackle. Well, West Virginia has no qualms with just dinking and dunking all day long down the field. West Virginia, 63% completion percentage, 24th in the country. I think West Virginia minus 2.5 is a good play here, and that's why I'm giving it to you guys. So West Virginia minus 2.5. Even though I like Iowa State, Matt Campbell, what they're about, West Virginia, one of the toughest places to go play. I think West Virginia scores some points in this one. Obviously, more points than Iowa State. West Virginia minus 2.5. I like that, especially at home. That's a nice spot to be in. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's all I got to add on that one. Do you want to add on this before we move on to the NFL? No, I'm ready to get to the NFL plays, Flynn. Let's do it, brother. Let's do it. Let's go start with our first NFL play. NFL. Cincinnati at Jacksonville. This is one that you sent us, Charles. You guys want to watch this game? It'll be on 1 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Jacksonville, five-point favorites with a total of 39.5. What you got here? Uh, I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot again on this because uh, there was a similar situation early in the year, um, but I really like the over 39.5 in this game, and it's been kind of a weird year in the NFL. I feel like just totals have been lower, points have been at a premium more so than any other year. 
Um, and so you're seeing a lot more of these numbers in the high 30s, low 40s, rather than the mid 40s, low 50s. So um, I like the over 39 and a half here. Jacksonville coming off a bye. Leonard Fournette's going to give maybe 30 carries this, this week, maybe 40 carries. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to feed the beast till he falls over. I know Jacksonville's going to do that. Tom Coughlin's going to call down um, through the headset and make sure Leonard Fournette gets the ball. Absolutely. You don't want Blake throwing against Cincinnati necessarily, but I think both defenses have an opportunity to get their offenses in good scoring position here with the quarterback play on either side. Um, And we all know how Saxonville plays and, you know, Jalen Ramsey, I still just think about that draft and he just would have fell one more to us. Oh man, it would have been perfect. But um, over 39 and a half this game, Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Nice. I can dig it. You know, I can't say that I really agree. Um, but, you know, I'll be I'll, I'll I'll definitely be rooting for you. Jacksonville secondary, man. Their secondary is just absolutely bananas. There is um a part of me that thinks Jacksonville secondary can just absolutely get a touchdown by themselves every single week. I really don't have a feel for this game either way. So, I'm ready to move on if that's all that um if those are all the points that you got to make about that, brother. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a gross game, right? Like Cincinnati, yeah. Jacksonville. Cincinnati is definitely bottom of the AFC North right now next to Cleveland. Um, and, but Jacksonville, they're flying high, and I, I just think that 39.5 is a little bit low this week for that game. Generally speaking, 39.5 is just like such a low number that one play here or one play there can get that thing over. So um, I do like um, it from that perspective. But we'll move on to a game that I have for you guys in the NFL. Atlanta Falcons going to the Carolina Panthers. A nice divisional matchup. You guys want to watch this? It'll be on 1 p.m. Eastern time on Fox, Carolina. One-point favorites with a total of 43.5. The play I'm giving you guys is Carolina minus one. Fade Atlanta on the road. Carolina's always been a good home team. But I feel like Atlanta was lucky to win at Chicago. I feel like they were lucky to win at Detroit. They played like poop last (laughs) week at New York. Um, you know, I just Atlanta's not a very good road team, and I think Carolina's playing better than the media would like to would like to portray or would like to tell you that Carolina. If Carolina wins this game, they're six and three, uh, one game behind New Orleans in the division. Unless New Orleans gets uh, beat by Tampa Bay this week, then they're tied for the division. Not a fan of Sarkeesian, man. I think Atlanta really misses Kyle Shanahan because you see the difference in Matt Ryan's numbers. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that has a lot to do with Kyle Shanahan's play calling. Sarkeesian is just like this is liking to get way too cute, man. They have way too many weapons on offense to be sputtering like this. With the win here, like I said, Carolina moves to six and three. The media doesn't want to let you know that Carolina's a better football team. Carolina's got one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're top five in opponent points per game, opponent yards per game, opponent yards per play, and opponent third down conversion rate. So Carolina top five in all those defensive categories. Carolina minus one. Give me Cam Newton that nearly a pick him at home against Atlanta all day, every day. So Carolina minus one is my play. I don't think there's a coach in any sport that I despise more than Steve Sarkeesian. Like I just, oh, the fact that he's an actual coach right now is absolutely unbelievable. And it's a clear night and day difference between this offense last year and this offense this year. And it's really, really bad. And I don't know how there hasn't been a change made yet, because they are winning by the skin of their teeth every single time they win, but they should be blowing teams out offensively if they had the same setup as they had last year. But, Steve, again, 
still on drunk, the right man. He's drunk. Yeah, he's, he's drunk. Still drinking, man. He's still He's still on the bottle. He's still on the bottle. There was a play in New England the other night. That fog game was wild, by the way. I couldn't even yeah. wait to see it. I had to turn it off. But I did see there was a fourth down play, the fourth down right on the goal line there, and they run a freaking jet sweep, man. And I just, like, you're just getting way too fucking cute. Like, what are you doing? I, I don't know. Obviously, it's it's easy to be retroactive, and if it works, you you praise it. If it doesn't work, you say you're stupid. But, you know, I the jet sweep on, like, fourth and one is not something that I think I, w- I would ever um, no. I would ever be down for, man. Not, not no. But Carolina Mouse Ones, my play for you guys there. We will move on to another play that Charles sent us, Indianapolis Colts and Jacoby Briskets going to the Houston Texans to play Deshaun Jackson. No, I'm just kidding, Deshaun Watson. 1 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time on CBS, Houston 13-point favorites with a total of 50. What do you see here, brother? All right, so you're right. Deshaun Watson absolutely played out of his mind last week. That was a, probably one of the funnest games to watch this year in the NFL. I really had a lot of fun watching that game. Um, a lot of fantasy implications there as well. But in regards to this game, Houston coming back home, you had that weird situation again where Brown was going to get traded and then it got nullified because of J- Jeremy Lane not passing his physical. And, you know, what, what does that do to our locker room? I don't know. I can't tell you, but I have to imagine there's some awkwardness right now. Right. Um, and right after the awkwardness with the owner and his comments, like I just feel like 13 is a big enough number to cover already in the NFL and difficult enough for those favorite teams. But when you have some awkwardness and some weird stipulations going on internally as well, I just feel like it makes it even more difficult to cover a number like 13. So um, I'm, a, you know, I'm a big Jacoby Brissett fan. Like, I think he can move the ball for you. You know the Colts' defense is pitiful, but they've been in games yeah. this entire year. And so I really like uh, the Colts to cover that 13 points. I like it, man. And, you know, I think you made all good points. I cannot believe owner came out and said that stuff um, about oh. the players, man. And, you know, I, I know it's like being a player trying to – trying to put myself in the player's shoes, you know, I'm, like, I'm getting paid, like, no matter what, like, it's just, like, fuck you, man, maybe yeah. there's, like, one play where you don't stick your head in there, because you, because, you know, the owner saying that just kind of crosses your mind, like, maybe there's one play where you don't stick your head in there as a safety when, you know, a wide receiver's coming down, and, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm making too much of it, but, I think that you definitely have to factor that in when you handicap this game. And 13 is a huge number in the NFL. We've talked about it before, just how paper's thin. You know, the difference between winning and losing is I think that there's probably a little bit of overreaction to how well Deshaun Watson played. Now, I think Deshaun Watson is fantastic. We talked about it probably at length in this podcast. But 13 is just such a big number. That was close to what Indianapolis was last week against Cincinnati. Um, damn near won the football game. So, yep. you know, like, I wouldn't be surprised, totally surprised if Indianapolis won this football game. In the same division, you you know the they're so familiar with each other. 13, that's a lot of freaking points. So I'm in total agreement there with you, brother. Nice. Um, so we'll go ahead and recap our plays here. I'll let you recap yours, brother, then I will recap mine. Yeah, so first one's a college football game. Eastern Carolina heads to Houston. I love, love, love Eastern Carolina. Cover that 24, 24 and a half points. And then in the NFL, I gave you guys two plays here. Cincinnati at Jacksonville over 39 and a half. And then Indianapolis goes to Houston. And I like 
Indianapolis to cover the 13 points. Nice. All right, guys, my plays are South Carolina going between the hedges to Georgia. I'm taking South Carolina plus 24.5. Not only am I going 24.5 here, guys, I got a little lunch money, $10, $15. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to bet on it yet. I already have the 24.5 locked in. And, you know, it may even be a little bit closer to 2025 by the time, uh, you know, this rolls around. But I better grab it soon because it's going to be gone. But South Carolina, 15 to 1, little lunch money there. Iowa State going to West Virginia, going to Morgantown. I like West Virginia minus two and a half. Move on to the NFL, Atlanta Falcons going to the Carolina Panthers. Nice divisional matchup. Carolina minus one for me right there. So, guys, that concludes our college football and NFL plays this week. We will move on now to the daily fantasy segment of the podcast. So, Charles, I'll turn it over to you, man, and uh, let's get this fantasy stuff started. Yes, sir. So we can actually get right into it this week. We're not recapping anything from last week, and we apologize will, again hey, for I that. I say, I do want to say, man, I feel like such a freaking total jinx. The last time we did um, our fantasy stuff and the listeners were able to listen, I picked Carson Palmer as my quarterback. He ended up breaking his arm. So just buyer beware, <laughs> man. Just buyer beware with my picks here. But no, I like I feel, it. I feel, I feel good about this week, though. I feel good about it. I do, too. Um, I do so, though. I fucking hate that. It's like Huge. we had six teams on a bye. We had six teams on a bye last week, too. It was like, man, I had a hard time. It was like we just have a, a, a limited selection. Oh, and it's the big guys this week. Like, you know, we got our Steelers out. We got our Patriots out. Like, right. gosh, they matter so much. And all the teams that I draft, because I, you know, always draft those high offensive teams. And I always like mixing in people. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster was in a lineup for me last week in FanDuel. Juju! That 30 points. I love like, Juju gosh. right now, man. He is, uh, I think uh, Bomani tweeted out. Bomani was like, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the NFL. I totally agree, dude. Juju Smith-Schuster, the way he just, Waved off me a Khalifa. I fucking love that. Absolutely. So and he's just a like a general like you don't usually see this this early on in a pro career, right? Um, but for how young he is, he's just so much so has so much energy and is just so much more of a professional that you were to expect at that age. So right. um love Juju, obviously, uh um going forward here. But I'm gonna go ahead and dive into the quarterbacks here this week. We have a limited selection again this week. It's absolutely brutal, but I know I may get a lot of shit for this, but you guys just wait, okay? Matt Moore at home, $6,400 against Oakland. He looked absolutely terrible against Baltimore, right? But that's Baltimore. Uh, It's a Thursday night game, and I'm going to go ahead and throw that away. Typically, I think Matt Moore is a pretty good quarterback, and he has Jarvis Landry to throw to. I have no idea what they're going to do running back-wise since they traded Jay Ajayi. but that has to mean he's going to take a little bit more of the load in terms of the passing game. So yeah. I like Matt Moore, $6,400 at home this week against Oakland. Do you know if Devontae Parker's going to be playing this week? I don't. He's been questionable. I, you know, I dropped him in our league because I was sick of playing the Devontae Parker game, and yeah. I don't imagine he will be healthy this week enough to go more than 20 snaps. Yeah, well, Oakland's got a poor secondary. So, you know, at, at that price, you said it was uh, 6100 6400 yep. 6400 Yeah, man. At that price, I think I think Matt Moore is a good play. I think Matt Moore um, – the thing I like about Matt Moore is, is he'll throw the ball down the field, give his guys a yep. chance. Um, so, guys, I'm going quarterback, same game here. I'm giving you guys Derek Carr at Miami Sunday night, $7,800. He's finally healthy. Finally healthy. He's got his back issues straight away. He's got one of the better wide receiver – wide receiving duos in the NFL to throw to in Amari Cooper – and Michael Crabtree, in the last two weeks, he's thrown 
for 50 attempts each week, 70, 730 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions in the last two weeks. 730 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions the last two weeks. So Derek Carr is white hot. Miami is good against the pass, but I think Derek Carr is just too good. I'm going Derek Carr, $7,800. I think he's white hot. I think Oakland has a really good chance to win this game. I think they probably do win this game. So Derek Carr, $7,800, my quarterback. I like it, and plenty of options to throw to there, obviously. Amari Cooper finally kind of comes out of the woodworks here over the past two weeks, so that's been nice to see as well for Derek. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just a lot of attempts, man. And, you know, um, man, it's just, you know they're going to throw the freaking football. Three Over over 300 yards each week. He threw for 400, over 400 against Kansas City, over 300 in cold-ass Buffalo. If he could throw for over 300-something yards and 49 attempts in Buffalo, you know, that means that you're going to be throwing the ball every week because there was really no reason to be throwing that ball. Obviously, they were playing from behind, but at the, at the, at, at the same time, you would like – to kind of hand it off in the beginning, you know, and, you know, they were just chucking it from the from the word go. So that's kind of how it goes, man. So we'll move on to running back. Uh, who's your running back? Yeah, so I, uh, just in terms of the departure of Calvin Benjamin this week, I think you're going to get a lot of opportunities with Christian McCaffrey set outside at wide receiver in the slot position because now Devin Funches goes ahead and moves to that X spot. Um, and I just think Christian McCaffrey is going to get a ton of looks this week, both from the backfield and from the wide receiver position. So I think there's a lot of value with him at $6,100. Um, but if you wanted to go a different route, because I know everybody's going to be on the Alfred Morris's or the Darren McFadden's this week and um, some of the you know Kenyon Drake from Miami or Damian Williams from Miami because of the departure of J.J., but I am going to throw out my boy, Alex Collins, again this week. He hasn't touched the ball more than 20 times in a game yet, but any time he rushes over 100 yards, we win the game, and I just think that he is going to continue to be fed just because the Baltimore Ravens are depleted at wide receiver and don't really have anything going without a run game. So $5,900 difference of 200 if you want to go more the traditional running back style, but Christian McCaffrey, I just think, is going to get so many targets this week that it's worth having him in a roster. Nice. I got something to say about both of the guys, man. The Carolina Panthers just they're force feeding Christian McCaffrey, like for better or worse. Um, you know, I think I think Christian McCaffrey's kind of been um a bit of a letdown. But like you said, I mean, it's kinda of like he's more of a slot receiver than um a running back. And with the departure of Calvin Benjamin, as you said, he's gonna keep playing he's gonna keep playing that role and probably even increase that role. So I think Christian McCaffrey gets tons of looks. I agree with you there. And then I also think if Alex Collins didn't have fumble issues, he probably would have a much bigger stranglehold on that Baltimore backfield. Yeah. So if he gets if he gets the hot hand early and he just hangs on to the football, I really like Alex Collins' talent. I think he's the most talented running back in the Baltimore backfield and the one with the most potential. I just think that in the past he's had some fumble issues and that's kind of made uh, John Harbaugh hesitant to put him in there as much as probably he would like to. I think Alex Collins is a good play, though, just because it's supremely talented, man. I, I, I really like Alex Collins. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Alex, Alex Collins is, is, is that player that uh, his mom took the national letter of intent on signing day. Um, he's he's from South Florida. His mom wanted to go to Miami, and he ended yeah. up going to Arkansas. Yeah, that shit. I, that, every time I hear about Alex Collins, that, that's what I think about, his mom taking the – Taking the uh, national letter of intent uh, taken off on signing day, that shit made me laugh so hard. Yeah, 
I was going to ask you about that because I know we watched that together. That's why it was so funny. Oh, man. That is silly. But, uh, no, I think I, I like Alex Collins a lot. If he if he didn't have those stumble issues, he would he would have a stranglehold on that, on that backfield. Um, so the plays that I'm giving – the player that I'm giving you guys, Carlos Hyde, um, hosting Arizona. I think this is a winnable game for San Francisco. I think San Francisco can absolutely win this game. Arizona is trending down in a big way. Carlos Hyde, $6,500. He's San Francisco's lead back. Last week, he even led the team in targets with nine, the team high targets in nine. Kyle Shanahan is an absolute great play caller. We've talked about it time and time and time again. I feel like every week we bring it up, how much I love Kyle Shanahan. He loves his running backs. He'll throw to them. He gives them the ball. Um, I think Carlos Hyde is going to have a big day. Arizona's poor defensively, 25th overall. Carlos Hyde in the passing game is fourth among running backs and targets at 46 targets on the year. He's sixth in the NFL in um, running back rushing touchdowns. Only four, but sixth in the NFL. I think Carlos Hyde is a really good chance that he finds the end zone. I think it's a really winnable game for San Francisco. If San Francisco wants to win this game. I think Carlos Hyde has a big day. So Carlos Hyde, $6,500 is my running back. That's the only running back I have. I did kind of have Kenyon Drake here just as like kind of an alternate, but that's such a volatile situation that it would be kind of like taking a stab in the dark because you really don't know what that uh, what that timeshare is going to look like. No, Miami, not at so. all. But love the yeah. Carlos Hyde play, especially against Arizona here. Um, yeah, Kyle Shanahan loves to get them running back to football, and uh, I'm really, I'm really curious to see I, I, if you were the 49ers, John Lynch. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, are you playing Garoppolo this year? I'm not, personally. I think they are. I mean, well, the thing is, is he's going to have a decision to make. Like, his contract is what it is. So, you know, getting him in some game action, seeing, you know, how, how he works with his team, um, he's, you know, like I said, he, he's, he's going to have a decision to make. He could either sign with San Francisco or he could go somewhere else. I think that was part of the reason where, where why New England didn't get as much back for him as they could have gotten in the past. Sure. Um, I think it was like kind of like a little buffer zone. I think that they were waiting to see you know, how is Tom going to play for the first eight weeks. Um, and Tom played so well that now they think that he could play another couple of years and they just said, F it, you know, like <laughs> – as the succession plan, like, we're going all in with Tom Brady for the next two or three years. And Jimmy was likely to, re- to, to, to sign somewhere else anyway. So they went ahead and traded him, got back a second-round pick. I think Jimmy plays – obviously, he's, he's, he's not playing Sunday, right? I'm pretty sure I heard yeah. that, that he's definitely not playing Sunday. I wish he was, honestly. That would be better for Carlos Hyde. But I think after Sunday, I do think you see Jimmy Garoppolo inserted into the lineup. And, man, they're – Jimmy Garoppolo, we have such a small sample size with him, right? Yep. But when he did play on that Sunday night game in Arizona um, at home against Miami, he looked really freaking good. Now, maybe that was more of the Patriots. You know, I don't know. We've seen the Patriots play backup quarterbacks and be successful before. Even Jacoby Brissett did it, you know, in the same year. But he was so accurate with the football. Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't have gone to a better situation with Kyle Shanahan and the play calling. Yep. It'll be it'll be really interesting. I'm um, really interested to see, you know, I just, you know, personally as a fan, I definitely want to see him in there sooner rather than later. I agree. And I, I think everybody's worried, of course, about the Matt Flynn effect, right? You can't just go ahead and pay a backup quarterback because you have a small sample size and the small sample size is really good. I don't think Jimmy is Matt Flynn, of course, but 
you know, that's right. always the caution, right? Can you throw the guy $16 million next year Absolutely. based on that sample size? So, yeah, hopefully we see him sooner rather than later. And I'm going to go ahead and head back to California this week for my wide receiver um, and grab Michael Crabtree. I think he, you know, no pun intended there, Mr. Crabtree, but um, I really like him against Miami. Uh, I think he has a great opportunity to score, like I said, Derek Carr, and that is a weird situation down there in Miami. Who knows how much effort we will see defensively or offensively out of Miami, but I know that Derek Carr will look for his main red zone target in Michael Crabtree. So Dude, I'm really I've like never seen, I I've never seen anything like it with Derek Carr and Michael Crabtree, dude. Like, if they get inside the 10, you can best believe on first, second, or third down, there is just going to be one jump ball thrown to Michael Crabtree. Yep. Like, it's the craziest thing to me. Like, I've, I've never – like, you just know it's coming. And these guys have still just put their cornerbacks on an island. And more times than not, Michael Crabtree beats the corner. And, uh, you know, I love that play, man. Michael Crabtree is totally Derek Carr's favorite red zone target, and I don't think it's close. So, yeah, $7,100 this week going to Miami. I think, you know, just with the potential you could have with that being a more high-scoring game from Oakland, you got to get one of the wide receivers in there, and I like Crabtree. Absolutely. I like Derek Carr to have a big week, so that lends itself to me thinking Crabtree has a big week as well. Guys, I'll give you my wide receiver here. I'm giving you guys, um, I think it was the seventh most expensive wide receiver, Dez Bryant. Hosting Kansas City, Dallas is. Des Bryant, $7,700. I kind of like any of the Dallas wide receivers, honestly, especially with this, this like, Zeke's not going to play. I look for the ball to be in the air a lot more. Three of the last four games, Des Bryant has gone over 12 fantasy points. Now, Kansas City's not very good against the pass. They're 29th versus the pass. I think Des Bryant is about to blow up while Zeke is out. I think he's going to be one of Dak's absolute favorite targets. I think he's going to start seeing double-digit, excuse me, double-digit targets week in and week out. Like I said, I also think anyone on Dallas, you know, if uh, you want to, if if you don't want to put Des Bryant, if you want to put Terrence Williams at $4,600, it looks like Cole Beasley is um, in concussion protocol, so I'm not sure if he'll play. Um, Ryan Switzer, the guy from North Carolina, the little slot receiver would just step into Cole Beasley's place. He's $4,500. So I think any of Dallas's wide receivers are good. But Des Bryant, $7,700. I think he has high upside this week. So I'm giving you guys Des Bryant hosting Kansas City. I really like that. I th- you know, I was a little taken back. We watch, we look at it every week, but would you say Kansas City was against the pass? I, I assume that they were a little better. The they're just Ooh. yeah, they're just not very good against the pass. They're really not very good defensively. And you know, maybe that's because they score so many points offensively that they're giving up all these yards and um, giving up a lot of points because the teams are playing catch up against them. You know, maybe that's what yeah. it is. More so than their defense is bad, or maybe it's a little bit of both. Who knows? But I know they're twenty ninth against the pass, so. Um, you know, let that thing fly. You know, with Zeke, with Zeke out, Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden are going to kind of be in a little bit of a timeshare there. They're just not going to bring what what Zeke does. And it's, uh, they're going to have to open it up, and the load's going to be on Dak's shoulders. You know, I'm not quite sure how good Dak is if he has to carry the whole load, honestly. I'm a big fan of Dak. I think he's a great leader. I think he has great intangibles. We'll see a lot more about who Dak Prescott is during this uh, Zeke suspension, that's for sure. Yep, absolutely. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and stay in 
the NFC East here for my tight end this week. Um, and a lot of people, right, we had Travis Kelsey went off last week. I love Travis Kelsey. He's he one of my favorite tight ends since I can't even tell you how long. Gosh, he's a hothead, so though, man. He's he is. He down. is a hothead. Man, he needs to well, relax man, he's got, sometimes. He loves the game, dude. Like, he just he loves does. being out there. And that's what I love about him because he just has Gotta so much fun with passion. it. Oh, yeah. So Travis Kelsey's up there. He had a big week last week. Jimmy Graham, obviously, and that just monster of a game. And Seattle had a great week. So I think that's where a lot of attention is going to get drawn. And then, of course, Jason Witten. But let's not forget about the New York football giants, Mr. Evan Ingram. He is the third most expensive tight end this week at $6,300. But with the amount of targets that he is going to get, and I don't really see anyone on the Rams being able to necessarily cover him, especially in the red zone, um, I really love Evan Ingram this week, and I feel like he has to be in every lineup that you have. Get him inserted. Yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, this is a game that I was looking at, the um, the Rams going to New York to the Giants. I might be on this over. I just think this game has a has a potential to be a shootout. So that lends me to thinking that Evan Ingram is going to have a big day too. I don't have Evan Ingram, but I do have a tight end, Cameron Bray, going to New Orleans, $6,100. I talked about that game being a shootout. I think this game is a shootout, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. I think we're going to get some points in this game. Janice loves Cameron Brait in the red zone. Absolutely loves Cameron Brait. I think Cameron Brait is one of the more underrated athletes in the league. He'll go up and get a football. And I think that that's why Jameis loves him. It's just because he knows that he'll fight for the football. If it's a bad throw, he'll make sure that it's not an interception. So, you know, Jameis, um, J- J- Jameis trusts him. Brait has four touchdowns on the year. That's third amongst tight ends. He also has 405 receiving yards. That's fourth amongst tight ends. New Orleans, 17th in the past. New Orleans, surprisingly, been okay on defense thus far. Not great. Um, probably just just good. Just a good defense. But I think that we get a, a high-scoring game. I think Tampa Bay bounces back from their shitty game against Carolina last week. Cameron Bray, $6,100, the tight end. I think one of the more underrated tight ends in the NFL for a position that seems to be so paper thin and so volatile outside of the top three or four. I'm going Cameron Bray, $6,100. Nice. Yeah, yeah. obviously big red zone target for Jameis there. So I really like that play too. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring us over to the kickers here. um, And I'm going to give you two here. um, And – mostly because I think you have to either take some value because obviously you want to make sure you get some of the top guys but also find some of those value plays. My first one is Mr. Harrison Butker, $5,200 Kansas City's kicker. Um, He is the second most expensive kicker in FanDuel this week at $5,200, but I just think there is plenty of potential for Kansas City to move the ball against Dallas. And surprisingly, Dallas, I I really like their pass rush, so I I like for some things to stall out on Dallas's 30, 40-yard line and for Mr. Butker to come in and knock them through the uprights. My other play is someone who I never feel like should ever be valued under $5,000, and that's Justin Tucker. And so just by rule, you have to take him at $4,900 because you just have to get to the 50-yard line for him to score. Yeah. That's the truth, man. That's the truth. I like those. So I'm going oldie but goodie, man, the name that we all know. Adam Vinatieri at Houston, $4,500, the cheapest kicker price. I think Indianapolis will be able to move the football in Houston. We talked a little bit about it earlier. Um, Jacoby Brissett, better than people think. 
you know you're going to get consistency with Adam Benantara. You might not get the long ball, um, but you know if it's a 45-yarder below, 50 below, you know that it has a great chance of going in. And this thing is inside. It's indoors, so you don't have to worry about any weather conditions. Adam Vinatieri, I think Indianapolis moves football. Adam Vinatieri, $4,500, the cheapest, one of the cheapest kickers you can get, the cheapest kicker price. So I like Adam Vinatieri here this week. Nice, yeah. Really good value play there. I think that's a great play. I was looking at Adam. I just, you know, when it comes right. down to it, I want to make sure I get as, the maximum points there from uh, some of my guys. So oh, um, great call there, Slim. <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. So who is your defense, brother? Yeah, so you had just alluded to it, and now you just scared me off of it when you were talking about that uh, offensive performance. But I'm going to go ahead and stick with the gut here and go with the Los Angeles Rams for $4,800. Really no run game in New York right now. Eli kind of dropping back, hoping to find someone he may have just met this week because they weren't on the roster uh, right. prior to the week. So um, I think, you know, obviously Evan Ingram will be a main target there, but the Rams are going to have the opportunity to pin their ears back and go ahead and get after Eli. And so I really like him. Fifth in interceptions this year, four in re- or third in the NFL in return touchdowns. So, uh, you know, I just think they have a lot of potential to score themselves and get you some points. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I got the Detroit Lions going to Ooh. Green Bay. Detroit, $4,500. Green Bay is one-dimensional right now. They can only run the football. So, heaven help Green Bay if Brett Hundley has to throw the football because I watched that last game he played, man, and it was ridiculous. It, well, Brett Hundley, man, I don't know. Green Bay's in a bad way here. The Detroit Lions have 10 interceptions on the year. That's third in the NFL. They have six fumble recoveries on the year. That's fourth in the NFL. They have five defensive touchdowns, first in the NFL. Detroit's the fourth-best fantasy defense so far. Detroit, surprisingly, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago when we had Danny on the podcast right before Detroit played Carolina. At that point, they had the most takeaways in the National Football League. Detroit is... Again, I still think they're they're an underrated football team, underrated defense. Green Bay is one-dimensional. I think they can pin their ears back, force Green Bay into some third down and longs, force Brett Hundley into some bad throws. Maybe even Aaron Jones fumbles the football. I like Detroit this week to have a good weekend defensively and to beat the Green Bay Packers. So Detroit Lions, $4,500. That's who my defense is. I like that, yeah. I think they're second or third in takeaways on the mm-hmm. year. And so, you know, it's a big play. And obviously with Brett Hundley, uh, you have a lot of opportunities. I'm really just interested to see what Mike McCarthy came up with for Brett Hundley this week to see him offensively. I think that'll yeah. be uh, an interesting spot for him to make some adjustments for Brett. So um, Detroit Lions, great play there, Slim. Nice. I like it. It's, um, do you have any other defenses you want to talk about? No, I'm uh, I'm good on defenses here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pass this over to you. I do want to make sure everybody knows that uh, we will be putting together a basketball podcast for NBA and college basketball. So please take a look and uh, look out for that one. I'm excited for that one. That's kind of our bread and butter, uh, college basketball more than NBA. But uh, in terms of us last year, that was a a big year for us uh, financially. So I'm looking forward to getting college basketball here coming up. Man, I am so fucking geeked about this. Friday, November the 10th. I already have, like, four games circled. I have numbers in my mind. If these numbers aren't what they – like, if, if if they open up and it's, it's it's kind of off from what I have, 
I cannot wait to pounce on this shit. You know, the, the, the thing about college basketball, especially offshore, and um, even when you're in Vegas, is the limits are so low. And why yeah. are the limits so low? Because you can take advantage of the market. Now, I'll bet obscure fucking teams. Like, I'll bet Moorhead State in the Ohio Valley. I'll bet Missouri Valley games. So I'm really looking forward to that podcast, guys. Be looking for that a little earlier in the week, maybe Monday or Tuesday. Um with college basketball coming up Friday, November the 10th, man, really, really looking forward to that. Hey, man, how about this? I don't know if you saw this. We got uh, Kentucky offered a player from Wisconsin, um, a, a shooting guard. His name evades my memory. I should have remembered it. But he was committed to Wisconsin, decommitted from Wisconsin. Coach Cal flew up, saw him work out um, last night and offered him a scholarship. Sounded like he's going to commit really soon. Wow. Yeah, so that's uh, That is that's crazy. Yeah, that's really interesting. I know Frank Kaminsky tweeted at him, told him he was soft. I was like, man, Frank, stay away. I fucking hate Frank Kaminsky too, by the way. I think he's one of the he's one of the more underrated Kentucky bad guys, man. We all fucking hate Frank for what he did to us. Um, man, the Final Four. Oh my gosh, I, I'm 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 getting bubbed out thinking about it. That's under- but, that's understandable though for him being a bad guy. I know Coach Cal had Matthew Hurden uh, from Minnesota. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, uh, I think he's a junior guard. He's about six ten. White kid plays just out of his mind. Um, but he had him in the a, a couple weeks ago. From yeah, that's a guard. Yeah, as a guard, he's gonna blow your mind. Yeah, oh, he can chunk it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. My, yeah, I gotta watch that. Yeah, I gotta watch that. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely be uh keeping my eye out there. I follow the recruiting scene very closely, guys. So with college basketball, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about some conference champions we see. Obviously, some NCAA futures that we see. Now, again, we talked about it kind of earlier. When you take futures, like we're going to have this show and give you guys, we 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 give them to you, but just because of the price, we can hedge down the road. So I know last uh, last year I had four of the Elite Eight teams, including Xavier, with um, at 100 to one. So, you know, just follow us along. College basketball, like Charles said it, is our bread and butter. Xavier, too. Just talk about Xavier. They're going to be really, really good again. So, um, looking forward to it, man. Really, really looking forward to it. But, guys, this is going to conclude this week's episode of the Sports Investors. Thank all of you guys for sticking with us and listening. Hopefully, you guys are following along. We wouldn't make you guys some money if you guys are tailing our plays. But we're going to wrap it up, guys. Wish all you guys luck. I'm Investor Slim. You can follow me on Twitter at Investor Slim. Charles, you can follow him on Twitter at Sports Savant. We are checking out. <laughs>